0: If you have your little handout, that'll be good. But if not, uh, we can make it through without it. We're in the very last lesson, which is if you have your handouts on page 16. I guess to start, let's go to... Uh, Genesis chapter 15. The the 15th chapter of Genesis in verse one. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram who's going to be changed to Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And so God had told him in chapter 12 that he was going to bless him, that he's going to have a great nation. Through him, all the children of the world will be blessed and he's going to give him some land. And now Abraham waited, waiting, and waiting, and eventually he waits 25 years before he has a child. And he's wondering, Lord, (laughs) if you're not just talking, then why am I still childless? And Abraham said, Behold to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir that that had been Eliezer. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and say, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be? And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. I'm. Uh, I've been studying some about faith, and uh, the difference between Bible faith and the faith that I have when I get on an airplane and fly is that when I get on an airplane and fly, I know other people have, and and they've experienced that they've they've arrived at their destination, and that kind of faith is is through what we experience. But when we come to the Bible, the Bible faith is not from what we experience. But the Bible faith is conviction. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. People have said, well, you guys, you just, uh, you just have a blind faith in the Lord. No. It's, it's substance. It's solid. And why is it solid? Because it's based upon the Word of God. That's more solid than anything else in the world today. It's more solid than any experience today. And Abraham believed what God said because God said it. No one had, no one had experienced having a baby up to that time being 100 years old. But Abraham believed that, and eventually he's going to go into Hagar. I mean, into uh, into Sarah, with the expectation that this uh, act of uh, of marriage is going to produce a child. And so he believes God, and uh, God uh, goes ahead. And we talked about how that it was a conditional. Un- uh, unconditional promise, and only God walked through the, the animals. And so he's promised to give Abraham and his descendants land that's described here in chapter 15, from the Nile River over to the Euphrates River, and that Israel, up to this point in time, has never possessed that land. He promised to bless Abraham And give him a great name, he promised that through the descendants of Abraham, all the world will be blessed. And we know that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and uh, through uh, Jacob and Judah, the tribe of Judah, that Jesus Christ comes. And Jesus Christ's death upon the cross for the world allows every person in the world to be blessed if they'll repent and trust in him. And he promised to bless any people group that would honor Israel. If they cursed Israel, they'd be cursed. If they were good to Israel, they'd be blessed. And then we noticed some things about the, the conflict that happened when Abram got out of God's will and went and had a child by a handmaid and how that... There's been a division between the children of Ishmael and the children of Isaac down to this very day. And then last week we talked about Armageddon. A lot of it uh, could be talked upon. A lot of loose ends maybe need to be tied up or if they can be tied up. But we talked about how that there's coming a day when all the world is going to come against Israel and Jesus Christ is going to come and fight for them. And at that time, Israel will be saved as a nation and Israel will inherit the land that had been promised them way back in Genesis. Now today, we want to explore the question during this battle, it's called Armageddon. During this war that ends all wars until the a little bit of a war at the end of Revelation. But uh, where are we going to be? Where are we as children of God? Where are we going to be in this? If all the nations come against Israel, uh, what... Role are we going to play in that? Well, go first with me to Revelation chapter four. <coughs> Revelation is is symbolic in many ways, and literal uh, in other ways. And when we come to the outline of Revelation, and <coughs> We have the introduction in chapter one and one through four, and then we have John beginning to speak about uh, the Lord speaking through John about the churches, and and he uh, in chapters two and three talk about specific churches, unto the angel in chapter two unto the angel of church of Ephesus right. And so we have we have the churches there, the churches active, uh, the churches going on, and uh, and it's it, it's it's a church age, the church age, and, and these churches that he talks about are are real churches. But also, uh, the the truths that are given to them extend to today, in, in our churches. And this would be called the, the church age, that we are, uh, it's also until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And so, chapter 2 and 3, church age. When you get to chapter 4, something happens here. John was on the earth, noting these churches and looking at these churches, and uh and uh, in, a, in, in, in a vision, uh, but the visions take place in the context of the earth. And then it says in chapter 4, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was it were a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. And so John is called up to heaven. And everything that he's going to observe from now on is going to be observed and spoken about from the vantage point of being in heaven. Chapter 5, on through chapter 21, a church is never mentioned. The churches are absent If you go with me over to the First Thessalonians chapter four First Thessalonians chapter four um. In verse 16. Well, let's look in verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or go before or keep out uh, those which have already died. Asleep here is not... Uh, actually sleeping but he's talking about people who have died who are Christians for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord very similar to what John tells us about that he said come up hither and when first Thessalonians talks here 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 uh, mankind who's on the earth and he comes the Lord comes to get them but but he doesn't come all the way down to the earth that we meet him in the air and so shall we ever be. with the Lord and so there's a time coming when you and I are going to rise from the grave or from this earth and be it the Lord. So what I'm going to get at here is that during this battle, this battle of Armageddon, about to to end all battles, some place, and, and it seems as though it's seven years prior, that, that we who are saved in his children now, we're going to go up and meet him in the air. And we're not going to be a part of this battle. We're not going to be involved in it. We're not going to be touched by it. The church age is called the times of the Gentiles. And like I said, that seven-year period seems to be um, the tribulation It's called uh, The Time of Jacob's Trouble in uh, Luke chapter 21 and, and Jeremiah chapter 30. If you look over in Revelation chapter 3 again, in Revelation chapter 3, remember chapters 2 and 3 are speaking to some churches. In chapter 3 and verse 10, he says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world, all the world, to try them to draw upon the earth. Well, there's not a greater time of temptation or trial that's going to be in history of mankind than is going to take place during the great tribulation. And he promises here in Revelation 3.10 that you're not going to go through, that we're not going to go through that time. That the Lord is going to keep us from that hour. Now, look in. Uh, um, um, well, let's go to um, Luke chapter twelve and verse forty. Now, the Bible, when it talks about the time of Jacob's trouble, this tribulation time, it gives a lot of information about some, a one world ruler, uh, the, the beast. And there's some indicators that this is coming. But in Luke chapter 12 and verse 40, he says, "I am," uh, uh, verse 40, be ye therefore ready... Also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. And so he's saying, there's not going to be a bunch, of, a bunch of things happening that you're going to recognize that's going to cause you to know that the tribulation is upon us. But he said, at any moment, be ready. I may come at any moment. And so there's a, there's a coming that's going to be uh, uh, some historical events happening. A one world government and and uh, and um, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places um, happening. So what I'm simply saying here is, when he speaks to us, he says, he says, don't wait until. Uh, until uh, the Antichrist takes over the world to think that I'm coming. No, you, you, you live as though he could come tomorrow. Now, let me show you some other uh, verses. God promised the church of Thessalonica that they were not appointed to wrath. Um, did I read that verse? Let's see. I think I did. Oh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Uh, maybe I should go here first. In First Thessalonians five and verse nine. I'm sorry for stumbling around here this morning. First Thessalonians five and verse nine says, "For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ." Revelation describes a time of tribulation and it culminates in what we talked about last week in the book of Zechariah verses 12 through 14 the great day of wrath in Revelation chapter 6 and 17 he says for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to abide but when we look at 1 Thessalonians he tells us in chapter 1 and verse 10 he tells us, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Not only hell, but the future day of wrath is coming. And then in chapter 5, where we read in verse 9, I'm not appointing you the day of wrath. And then if you look in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, I'll try to tie all this together here in a second. In First Thessalonians 4.16, for Lord himself said he sent from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so all of that, all of those verses uh, kind of haphazardly given to you today, makes me to believe uh, when the great Armageddon battle takes place, uh, that we will be with the Lord. He's going to come halfway down. And we're going to rise to meet Him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The saints of this time period this period called the church age are going to be uh, with the Lord and you can see that on the little sheet or diagram that I gave out uh, the red red arrow pointing up is the rapture of the church and the people of the church age now so I said secondly here we will not be in the war more than likely, we'll see the war. And go with me to Revelation chapter 11, 19. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11. And I saw heaven open. This is at the end of the ages. This is during the battle of Armageddon right, right to when the whole world is coming against Israel. And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that set upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So, there's uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's it talking about? Well, it's talking about Jesus Christ. And then the armies, which were in heaven, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Armies. Well, we could think that maybe part of that is Angels. But part of that is his people, his children. These ones that have have gone up, and he's come down, and we're going to be forever with the Lord. And so where the Lord goes, we're going. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth go a sharp sword. That with it he would smite the nations, and he that rule, it, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he teareth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so that implies that there's coming a day when he's riding out of heaven. He's going to conquer them with the, with the sword of his mouth, simply speaking. He's going to he's going to conquer them. But there's armies there, and we're riding with them. That the it says there in verse 14, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. If you go back to Revelation chapter one. And verse 5, And Jesus Christ is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince and kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Then in verse chapter 3 and verse 4, Thou hast a few names, even Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they, are, they shall walk with me white, for they are worthy. And then in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14, He says, and I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. And he said, okay, uh, look look at verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying, what are those that are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What's implied there is those that are dressed in robes white and clean Are his. They're they're people who have been saved. And so when we see people see that the armies of heaven riding on white horses too, with robes white and clean, uh, I deduce that to mean that one of these days I'm going to ride on the back of a horse uh, coming out of heaven and watch our King of Kings and Lord of Lords deal with all the corruption of this world in a moment of time. Now, whether Horses are there or not, that's going to be a lot of horses. But we don't know what it's going to be, but it does imply that when it happens, I tend to believe it's going to be horses, but when it happens, we are going to be among them. Look in Jude, right before Revelation, in the book of Jude. In verse 4. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into the chibishness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's verse 14 instead of 4. Revelation, uh, Jude 1.14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Ten thousand times ten thousand is a million. Ten thousand of his saints. The some some his saints are coming with him. The Lord's coming. And way back in Enoch's time, he says he's coming with ten thousands, plural, of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And then in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, in 1 Thessalonians 3 and 13, To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Um, We get excited about great battles that's been won or sports events that our team has won. And what a what a what uh, to, to know the corruption that's in this world. To know how much Satan has flipped this whole world upside down. To know the hatred toward Jesus Christ. And we ought to not, you know, I, uh, we ought to grieve that there would be some that are going to go to hell. Brother Girth preached about hell the other night in prison, and just to think about those who's not going to be there uh, in heaven with us. But it's also going to be a great uh, joy that we have a king, and it's God Himself. And he's going to rule in righteousness. And for, for the rest of our lives, or for all eternity, we will experience the joy of evil being conquered once and for all. And at that time, Israel's covenant will be fulfilled that was given to Abraham. They're going to possess the land. They're going to defeat the nations of the world. And they're going to possess Israel. And God, in Jesus Christ, is going to rule the world from Israel. And so, what then is our responsibility in this moment. Um, I was in a Pastor Demo's office uh, Friday, and uh, I was taking food bank orders, so the phone rang, and I had my, my, my portable phone there to take an order, and a guy said... Uh, uh, is this the North Georgia's church, and he said, how do I get a hold of North George? And and so I just passed it over to the pastor. And there's this guy from Texas that wanted to know uh, Noah's contact number. And and uh, it's from a church I've never heard of, a pastor never heard of it, and uh, Grace Baptist Church in uh, um, I forget the name of the town. I know. I know the town that has a um, a big prison in it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's just another rabbit I chased there. Uh, the, some of the men's already heard this story, but he's wanting to know know how you could get a hold. of Noah, and Pastor was saying, "Well, who are you? And and what do you want to know this and you know, we just don't give out Noah's information to anybody because he's in Lebanon and he's in a situation right now that could be very tricky, and and uh, he, uh, he 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 uh, uh, doesn't need to have all this information spread around the world. Well, the Pastor keep pushing him, and he didn't want to say much. And finally, he said, "Well, I have a." I have a member in my church that is really interested in witnessing to the Arab people. And uh, he would like to talk to Noah uh, and, he, and Pastor said, well, what do you need to know from Noah? And he said, I need to, I need to know from Noah what he thinks about the Jews and and Pastor said, Well, what are you talking about? Well, does he think we should reach the Jews? And uh, and of course, you know, we could go to all the world preach the gospel of every creature. And uh, and he and he said, Why are you asking? That? I said, Well, this guy who wants to go witness to the Arabs, he he doesn't want to witness to the Jews. And he and Pastor asked him, Well, why doesn't he want to witness to the Jews? Because he's racist. Uh, which means you don't have much faith in the preacher (laughs) or the man. Well, What should we do in this day in which we live? Well, uh, the Bible says, Jesus said, He spake unto them, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations that we're to go to all the world. In Romans 1 Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Jews need Jesus Christ. And yes, we've already pointed out to you that the battle of Armageddon is going to come a time when they look upon him whom they're pierced and the nation as a whole is going to be saved. But you've got to understand, I don't know exactly the figures, but, but, but about 50% of the Jews are going to die in these battles. There's only going to be a remnant left. And what they need is the Lord. Just like it's like everybody needs the Lord. The whole world needs the Lord. And so, yes, we ought to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes, we ought to uh, bless Jerusalem, bless Israel, and not curse Israel. But our job is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And and if you don't like blacks, you better deal with it. If you don't like. Uh, Athabascan Indians, you better deal with it. If you don't like Arab people, you better deal with it. Our job in the meantime is to uh, preach the gospel to every creature. That's that's our job. Well, hopefully this has answered some of your questions. It could have been done better, uh, but it is what it is now. I've been uh, thinking about where to go next, and uh, probably the next few weeks we're just going to look at events concerning the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and then uh, by that time all the classes will be back over here in one class, and I've been thinking about Genesis, I've been thinking about teaching you about... uh, the great chapter on the men of faith uh, in Hebrews 11. It's called the heroes of faith, but a uh, great hall of fame. Actually, I don't know if that's a good term, but uh, many lessons we can learn there. Also, I got some stuff that talks about how to deal with your problems. and uh, As we grow, As children of the Lord, I mean, our pastors are always here to help, but you should be able to come to a place where you can take your Bible and minister to yourself, or let the Bible minister to you. But anyway, pray pray that uh, I might uh, bring what the Lord would want in the next uh, coming year. Yeah. All right. Everybody's clear when all this is going to happen. I'm not, but I'm clear about what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. I'm supposed to witness the gospel to all people and uh, warn them to flee the wrath to come. All right, you're dismissed.